I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're, and you're listening, listening to... Oh, <laughs> oh, is it me? I forgot. We haven't done it this is, in so long. I forgot. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> well, we haven't done this in so long. I'm like, I maybe know. I did fuck up. No, no, it was me. Fuck. Take two. I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to... The, the Grim Mystics. Oh my God. It's been so long. I know. We're back again. I had a handful of people go, what happened? Why'd you stop? Did you get tired? And I was like, well, no, we wanted a summer vacation like every school-age child gets. <laughs> and we're school-age children. <laughs> Clearly. And, and like, just <laughs> life happened, right? Like, a lot has happened in the month and a half that we've been yeah. gone. I got a new um, position at my job, which is very exciting. I've done the same job for almost five years, and this is the first real big change that I've had to my title. Well, and Leslie, you too, with your new fancy job titles. Yep, I'm back into the regular workforce. I'm no longer working four hours in my pajamas whenever I feel like it. So (laughs) it's been a big transition. (laughs) So you heard that here. We're all working crazy hours and we just needed a little bit of a break but um you know recenter focus on the podcast but also make sure we're not you know crying in the corner every other week because of stress from trying to keep a schedule that we made ourselves (laughs) yeah we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and you know what like at the end of the day we loved like chatting and talking and researching it was just like this massive pressure that nobody put on us besides ourselves to like release this like chef's kiss like professional audio which i think is still our intention but we just like that was a goal for every week too that wasn't a one-time goal that was every week we wanted beautiful audio the knowledge we had to kind of dig and pull from the depths of the internet and you know what we're new like we're brand new this is like our a bonus episode but i mean when we come back it'll be like episode 16 so we're just we're back we're fresh we're 28 we both turned 28 in our month-long break Mm -hmm. so now we're super mature (laughs) and uh way more mature (laughs) the birthday weekend has passed yeah so we're just like we're ready Mm -hmm. knuckles cracked i can't crack my knuckles but we're here for it yeah so we appreciate the love that we've gotten and people asking when we'll come back. That is super awesome. And, you know, we appreciate also the respect of us kind of just needing a break to get used to our new uh, schedules in the world and also just kind of decompress. And obviously, we still like this. We never didn't like this. But an episode a week that was usually over an hour because of the banter was very stressful. <laughs> And then to throw in equipment that decided to work, you know, 60% of the time or 40% of the time made it a little bit harder as well. Yeah. yeah. And even now, I mean, we're like I said, we're still learning. So you guys are the best. We have the best, whatever listeners, handful. I haven't checked our stats since we stopped. So I don't know what it is anymore. But you guys are just the greatest. So thanks for hanging in with us. (laughs) We appreciate everybody very much. And I guess this is a good way to segue into. A little bit of a change that we're going to do. So Leslie was our main editor. And um, since she is going back full-fledged in the workforce, that is not completely fair to have her working on editing. So you will also get to listen to me struggle through the editing and learning all the tips and tricks that Leslie has already learned. Um, and our schedule is going to change a little bit for both of us. Um, 
So instead of an episode a week, we're going to do an episode every other week. We feel like that's going to be a really good way for us to focus on the editing and make sure if we need to re-record anything, if it goes wonky, or if we need to, you know, just a little extra time to learn the the tricks of the editing, I think we'll have more time to do that and it won't be as stressful for either of us. And hopefully, I mean, I know not saying that we didn't do this before, but hopefully like hopefully our stories will be more in depth because we won't feel rushed. We won't feel like we have to have 10 plus pages, whatever, in a three day span and have knowledge of, you know, frontwards and backwards of these stories and cases. So only good can come out of this, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Yeah. It'll definitely give us a lot of great time to really focus on what we want to talk about and how we want it to sound for you guys. Our first episode is scheduled to air on August 12th, still Thursdays, just every other Thursday. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be Leslie's episode, the one that we originally tried recording before things went a little wonky with our sound system. It was the episode that Sparta kicked me over the edge emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to kind of, she's revamped her research and zhuzhed it up a little bit. So I will be just as surprised as I was last time. And let's be honest, my attention span and and memory is about the size of a peanut. Me too, it's fine. (laughs) Pretty much forgotten most of it anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I missed you. I missed, I missed our listeners, our explorers. I missed, you know, everything about it. So I'm excited to jump back in. Yeah. Well, and you said explorers. So do you want to explain why we secretly not, I don't think we've ever on the podcast called our listeners what we call them (laughs) behind their backs. To ourselves. (laughs) Did you like that that segue? Was that smooth? It's beautiful. Oh my gosh. It's like you've been doing this for 16 episodes. (laughs) I'm pretty professional. You could say that it's a professional thing for me. Uh, (laughs) No. So, and actually, in the Sparta Kick episode, we did mention it briefly, but you know, you guys will never hear that. So, so we're going to tell you that now. <laughs> um, so when Amber and I were like trying to figure out a name and trying to figure out, you know, our aesthetic and what we wanted out of the podcast, we were reaching out to some of our closest friends and we're saying like, you know, give me some ideas or give me some help. And a friend of mine made the suggestion and it was an acronym and it was murder, abnormal, paranormal, map, M-A-P. And Amber and I both really liked the idea of a map. And so that's why if you notice in every episode, we'll say today on the map, we're going to Da, 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 da. Okay, so it has deeper meaning than just, you know, us telling you a place. We researched and listened and we listen to podcasts anyways, and every podcast has their own thing. So that we decided was going to be ours. It's a it's really easy. It's a good intro to get us to start talking and it it keeps everything a little less awkward. So then we have, which is what we need. <laughs> need all the help we can get oh exactly so there are a lot of podcasts that i listen to that are true crime and it's weird to say like hey listeners or yeah yeah, oh friends every youtuber says hey friends like so we it was one of those things where we were like we're probably never gonna say it like out loud just because it seems a little silly but we're gonna tell you now (laughs) because it's a bonus episode so we thought what goes with maps but explorers so you as our listeners are not listeners or friends. Well, you're our friends, but in our heads... We're not friends. <laughs> so in our heads, 
you're explorers. So you guys are exploring the map with us and you're yeah. exploring these crimes and these paranormal stories. So we, I, I'm sure we're not going to have merch coming out that says explorers anytime soon. But if you want a shirt, um, <laughs> I guess we could figure out how to do that. <laughs> I made I made some iron on T-shirts in high school, I'm sure. That skill has remained. Mm. Yeah, so. <laughs> including that one that you made your husband that was a little too small that said you were his favorite cheerleader. And when he put it on, some of the letters started to rip because of his like pectorals. Well, <laughs> it shrunk. It shrunk in the in mm-hmm. the dryer because this is before I knew how to perform everyday duties. <laughs> and so, yeah, I said my, my girlfriend is my favorite cheerleader. <laughs> and he used to wear it when he would come watch mm-hmm. me. Isn't that funny? I'm sure you... So appreciates me reminding everybody of I that. don't know how that's locked away in my memory, <laughs> but clearly Robbie walking around in a shirt that says that just is going to be in here for the rest of my life. Oh, I think about it daily. <laughs> and to be honest, if you're friends with me on social media, it's still on. I think it's all, only on my Facebook, but that's you can true. scour it. Yeah, go back there. to Leslie's <laughs> high school <laughs> pictures and see what you see. <laughs> but yeah. Most of it's pretty clean (laughs) yes it's very it's pretty clean but still you get to see a little little baby leslie and robbie in a shirt that's too small (laughs) and amber amber's in like all those photos too but you could also just check our most recent instagram (laughs) posts wishing each other happy birthday if you're really missing baby and leslie and amber because we both posted throwbacks from the same photo shoot they were so cute i stole that idea from you (laughs) they were so cute i In the picture I posted, that was like my favorite from that shoot that we did Mm -hmm. because we had like a joined graduation party. So we took like senior photos together Mm -hmm. because we're fucking adorable. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and yeah, I loved that picture. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it's fine that it was, you know, 11, 10 years ago. I'm going to keep posted anyway. We we look just the same, but thicker eyebrows, which is a blessing for both of us. All right. So, yeah. So, you guys are exploring the maps with us and the stories with us. So, now you have something to call yourself, I guess. <laughs> and now, if you hear us say, like, oh, this explorer, you know, message me, then you'll know what. I'm not talking about Dora. I'm talking about you. Unless someone named Dora does message us. <laughs> if we have a listener named Dora, please let us know. Exactly. I would love that. <laughs> Even if you're not a full-time listener, even if this is like your first episode, which I apologize for in advance, but (laughs) even if that is the case, let us know. (laughs) So Leslie and I um, agreed, while we love our back and forth and we've been hit or miss with the explorers on if it's loved or hated, I think it's a little bit of both. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's exactly like how it is when you sit in a room with us. (laughs) Um, but Leslie was able to find a scary story. So we figured, you know, let's stay on brand and let's jibber jabber a little, but let's also hear a cool story. So Leslie, take it away. So I thought of you specifically, Amber, when I was reading this, because, um, it's titled Betsy the Doll. And I know your feelings on dolls. (laughs) (laughs) I was excited. No, I'm not. Fuck dolls. Okay. (laughs) If I ever have a daughter, she will have to really hustle Craig to get some dolls because I don't think I could hang. And see, that's so funny. Like, I grew up with, like, porcelain dolls in my bedroom. I know. (laughs) Like, I love dolls. And in my free time, I haven't done it in a few months, but I will go on eBay and look up haunted dolls and just, like, read the stories just for, like, fun. Oh, but you don't buy them? No, Robbie told me that he would not live with me if if I brought one home. 
I side with your husband 1 million percent on that. Oh, but there have been a few that I've been like, oh, I kind of want this one, but <laughs> there isn't one. Just so everybody knows who comes to my house, I have no haunted dolls. Just yeah, me. yeah, just you're the haunted, haunted doll. doll. <laughs> you're the haunted do- porcelain doll. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you're so me. white. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I am porcelain. It's true. I am a very fair human being. Uh, No, my makeup color is like lighter than porcelain. It's like, you should like not go outside. Shade. This is just sunblock. (laughs) SPF 3000. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh. Cue the scary music. Like most people these days, I had a fucked up childhood. Who doesn't, right? My father took off before I was born, and my mother was left to care for me on her own, a skill she was sorely lacking. My mother slipped right back into the drug addict, party lifestyle she'd enjoyed before I was born, and had soon turned our two-bedroom apartment into an opium den. For the first five years of my life, I walked around in a confused, terrifying mist. The smoky air would flood down the hallway from our living room and slip under my bedroom door. It always seemed to linger for days. I know now that my mother wasn't a bad person, just a victim of her addictions. When she did have spare money, she would put food in the house or buy me clothes from Goodwill. The only pieces of furniture I had in my bedroom was a mattress set and a little blue and white toy chest. Not that I had a lot of toys to put in it, of course, just the three I had gotten for her birthdays. One was an art kit, one was a red wagon, and the last, my pride and joy, was a doll named Betsy. Betsy was my best friend. We would have imaginary tea parties together, sleep together, and even take baths together. Sometimes I even remember her voice. When I thought back on my conversations with the doll in adulthood, I realized that I was likely suffering from delusions, thanks to the always present butts of smoke that laid claim to the dingy hallways and drafty bedrooms of our small apartment. Still, I remember the sound of her voice, a pleasant, tingling lift that was almost always coupled with a giggle. I also remember the things that she used to say to me and the things she wanted me to do. She asked me to steal, uh, usually food or pens or pencils. She wanted me to bring her forks and knives and hit the bad man who slept it on our couch. It was always something and I would always get in trouble, but she wouldn't. When I told my mother who had put me up to these games, she would just scoff and shake her head. She never believed me, but adults never do. Around my sixth birthday, I asked my mother for a birthday party. I wanted to invite the mean girls from school and serve them cake and ice cream to make them like me. I remember standing in the kitchen that day with such high hopes, having just asked the most important question of my entire life. The glass bottle of Coca-Cola I held was shaking in my nervous hands. I waited with bated breath as my mother continued putting groceries away, almost as if she hadn't even heard me. But I knew she had. Finally, just as I had failed a second time to muster the courage to repeat my question, She turned around and gave me a flippant shake of her head. A birthday party? Laura, that's ridiculous. I can't afford to feed 15 children that aren't even mine. Hell, I can barely afford to feed you. You eat like an elephant, especially for a girl your size. Or, I'm sorry, Betsy does. There's barely anything left for me to eat around here, much less a classroom of other people's brats. My face fell as she shook her head, mumbled something else under her breath, and stumbled into the living room. I heard the music go up, and then as more people walked into the door, some left, some stayed. I never knew them either way. It simply wasn't fair. 
My mother threw parties all the time. What about me? I was just a kid. All my friends had birthday parties, and now the mean girls at school would know that I was too poor to have one, and they would tease me even more. I felt tears start to well in the corners of my eyes, and I choked back a sob while I ran to my room and slammed the door behind me. Betsy was laying on my bed, smiling. She was always smiling. Usually it made me feel better, but today it just made me angry. She just kept staring at me, smiling. She was going to tell me to do something bad again. This was why my mother wouldn't throw me a birthday party. It was because of all the trouble I got into because of her. This was her fault. Betsy didn't have to go to school, and Betsy never got in trouble like I did. And in my young mind, I truly believed it was the doll, not my mother who was to blame for everything. I snapped then. I screamed in rage and I threw the bottle as hard as I could at the bed. It hit Betsy on the forehead and she fell to the floor. Good. I picked up the bottle and hit her again and again. I thought I heard her laugh and I hit her harder. Then I laughed. When my rage was spent, I dragged Betsy to the to my toy chest and threw her in. I slammed it shut and kicked the chest against the wall. I never wanted to see Betsy ever again. I never owned another doll after Betsy. About a week later, the police came and two nice ladies took me to live in a new home in a new state with food and toys and no drugs. The trunk went into storage and the wagon disappeared. I never saw my mother again. As I got older, my foster parents admitted that she was in jail doing 25 years. That was fine with me. I felt nothing for her anyway. I still had nightmares because of my life with that woman. But then slowly, I began to heal. I focused on doing well in school, and I ignored my mother's letters from prison. She reached out to me several times in my 20s as well, but I always declined her calls. That is, until this morning. I'm 30 now, with my own children and a loving, honest husband. I have a beautiful house, two dogs, and a career as a social worker trying to make a difference for kids who had it bad like me. I'm happy, I'm steady, and I'm content. So when I got a voicemail from my mother informing me that she had been paroled and that she wished to speak with me, I decided to let her say her piece. Since the kids were home from school, I went out to our shed in the backyard to return my mother's call. The shed was the children's domain and they used it to play in the summer. I sat on my old toy chest, which was currently being used as a tea party table, and dialed the number she had left me. Three rings. Hello? Laura? Hello, mother. How are you? Oh, Laura, thank you for speaking to me. I know you have your own life now and a family. I would love to meet them someday. I just wanted to tell you how sorry I am for everything. Mother, you are not meeting my kids, ever. And since you called me, I'm going to do what I needed to say for years. The opium, the heroin, they destroyed you. And the worst of it is that you almost took me down with you. I was five. That was no home for a child. Honestly, I'm surprised it took you so long to get caught. Laura, I know how it seems, but honestly, I knew nothing. Look, it hardly matters now, and I do understand why you would feel that way. Why you would hate me and not want me to meet your little ones. I learned a lot about forgiveness while I was away. Laura, I'm just so sorry about Betsy. Betsy? I paused, confused. Why would you care about her? I know, Laura. Believe me, I do. It was all of my fault. The drugs, the partying, and Betsy. Oh, God. If I had only paid attention, if I had only known. She's gone, and it's because of me. As my mother began to cry, I tapped my fingers on the toy box impatiently. The drugs had clearly fried her brain. Mom, I sighed. Why are you talking about Betsy, and why do you even care? I know where Betsy is, right underneath me. What are you talking about, Laura? Oh, God, where is she? I shifted uncomfortably. Well, Betsy's in the trunk, where she's always been. There was a beat of stunning silence. What do you mean your sister's in the trunk? Sister? What the hell are you talking about? Back on drugs so soon? 
That's a record even for you. Betsy is a doll. I locked her in my toy chest a few days before you got arrested for possession. Laura, no. Laura, what have you done? I wasn't arrested because of the drugs. I was arrested because of Betsy's disappearance. You always called her your little doll, but we thought you knew. What? Oh God, we thought you knew, Laura. No, what have you done to my baby? My mind had gone blank and with no emotion, I set the phone down next to me and stood up. I could hear the muffled sound of my mother's anguished cries and feel the dark clutch of possibility in my own chest. Memories were stirring in the back of my mind, threatening to flood forward into my consciousness. They pushed against a door in my mind that had been locked so tightly for so long that I had forgotten it was even there. Was it even possible? Could the trauma and the opium have really led me to believe that a small child was actually a doll, begging for food and utensils to eat with, asking me to protect her from the bad man? No. I slowly turned around and brought my eyes down to the makeshift tea party table. Surely it was too small. You couldn't fit a person in there. You just couldn't. But then, what about a very small, starving, emaciated child? What about her? Would she fit? Would an investigator even bother looking for a person in this chest? I knew I wouldn't. It was just too small. And I was sure we had opened the toy box at some point over the years, hadn't we? Or had something swimming in the dark recesses of my memories always stopped me? I couldn't remember even seeing it open. I knelt down to the ground and opened the clasps. It would be better not to look. After all that I had overcome, the new life that I had earned for myself, it could all be undone by opening this toy box. I shouldn't open it. I should throw it in the landfill and forget it ever existed. I shouldn't look inside. I opened the chest. I never had a doll. My mother never could afford to buy me one. I never had a wagon either, for that matter but I did have a toy box, a pretty blue and white toy box. And when I was five, I beat my little sister to death and put her in it. What? <laughs> the end. Okay, this is a whole new reason not to like <laughs> dolls. <laughs> they could be people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she was like high on, you know, pretty heavy drugs. But yeah, fair enough. I see what you're saying. Is that on brand yeah. enough? That enough? <laughs> yes, that was on brand enough. When you hear about, too, like some of those freaking creepy dolls that you look at and think about buying on eBay, like there are like thoughts that maybe when spirits die, you know, and they're like those old <laughs> women who have all those creepy dolls in their house, they, there are thoughts that their spirit goes into the doll. Like, so yeah, I mean, a five year old on opiates gets confused that a doll is actually their sister, and old ladies right. get confused yeah. and think that a, their doll is actually like them passing over. <laughs> oh my Lanta, that one's gonna. It's gonna be me. I'm gonna be in well, a doll. I'm not gonna look for you if you do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll find you. <laughs> the one doll my future maybe children has is like freaking you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're just going to like find me in all these places. I think my goal in life is to go before you and Craig so that <laughs> it's just I don't have to figure out the house bills and how to make the dryer work without him and like without you. Like, I, I know you'd haunt me for fun. <laughs> so if I go first, oh. then oh I don't have to worry about it. If I die, like just prepare everybody in my life. Prepare. I'm going to haunt the shit out of all of you. Just prepare for that. <laughs> You will. And like, I think that would be fun too. I would haunt Craig. I don't know about everybody, but like, <laughs> Leslie's just gonna. If you've ever said hi to Leslie in the supermarket, she's haunting you. <laughs> you heard it here first. 
So back at it again, guys. Our computers are delayed. Um, the reason I didn't communicate through most of Leslie's story is because every time I tried, she would already be on to the next sentence. Oh, we lost Leslie. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find The Grim Mystics on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics. <laughs>